am Alexander B. Stevens. This is the brand new up and coming podcast entitled, What is he thinking? The sometimes uncomfortable, sometimes politically incorrect, but always sincere and truthful podcast for the benefit of women from the perspective of men. You've got questions. I've got answers. 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 I'd like to welcome you to the podcast that doesn't perpetrate a fraud, lie to you to make you feel good, or pander to you, but provides those uncomfortable but helpful, productive, and constructive truths. My name is Alexander B. Stevens. You're listening to the What Is He Thinking podcast, and this is episode number 19, which is also part six of the marriage series. A couple months ago, I told you this marriage series would be a six-parter where we delved deep into the ins and outs of marriage from different perspectives. But I have a confession to make for the first time on this podcast. I've lied to you. This is not going to be a six-parter. It's going to be an eight-part marriage series. Eight parts. I just have too much gold, too much information, too much sound wisdom, too much good advice to keep it from you. So we're going to keep the party going. Welcome to part six of an eight-part marriage series. Today's episode is entitled The Married Patriarch Panel. Whoa, whoa, now hold on. I know patriarch is a triggering term in 2021, but by definition, it just merely means the male leader of a family or group of people. So don't be triggered. I don't mean any harm. Today, you're going to get to listen in on a conversation that I had with another group of four married men, each of whom have monogamously been with their wife for over 11 years. And I'm going to pick their brain, get their advice, and get their opinion about serious dating, marriage, and how you keep a long-term relationship healthy and thriving. Without any further ado, let's get into it. I'd like to welcome everybody to the Married Patriarch panel. I'm your host, Alexander B. Stevens. Before I introduce our four panelists, First, I would like to thank them. I know time is precious and every moment away from their job or their family is a moment that they can't get back. So I just wanted to show my deep, sincere appreciation for the favor these fellas are doing for us. Thank you. Now on to introductions. Married man number one is an individual I've known since 2001. He met his wife approximately 16 years ago. They have been a monogamous item for a little over 14 years, and they've been married the last five and a half of those 14 years. He has one daughter who is four, going on 34. I'd like to welcome to the panel, Mr. Jay Taylor. How you doing, sir? I'm good. I'm good. I appreciate you having me on. I appreciate you accepting the invitation. Married man number two is an individual that I met in 1999 but didn't really become friends with him until 15 years ago. This gentleman used to work in education and still works tangentially in the educational field. He is a married father of two, a seven and a four-year-old, if my memory serves me correctly. 
He's been with his wife for approximately 14 years, and as of this coming July, he'll be celebrating his ninth wedding anniversary. I would like everybody to welcome Mr. Anthony Spear to the panel. Tony, how's it going? Alexander, how are you, sir? Good? Yes, sir. I have no complaints on my side of the table. I'm glad you could make it this afternoon. Panelist number three, I met in 2007 while hanging out with guys that I met through panelist number two. We've been friends since 2008, and I can't name five people that I see eye to eye with more than this gentleman. He is an educator and varsity coach by trade, and he has been with the woman who he now calls his wife for the last 11 years, four of which inside the confines of holy matrimony. I'd like to welcome to the panel, Coach TJ. How you doing, sir? Pretty good, yourself? Not too shabby, not too shabby at all. The final man that I'm going to introduce to you this afternoon is another gentleman that I met 22 years ago, and we've been friends ever since. He works in the oil and gas industry by trade. He is the father of two energetic young boys, a second grader and a soon-to-be kindergartner, if my memory serves me correctly. And he's been with his wife for 16 and a half years, almost 10 of those within the confines of marriage. I'd like to welcome to the panel, Mr. Nathan Bushwin. What's happening? It's Nathan. You can call me Nate, Nathan Bushwin, Bush, however you want it. <laughs> All right. I'll try to keep that in mind. All right, fellas. Once again, I appreciate you gentlemen taking time out of your day to sit down and talk with me. So let's go on ahead and get this show on the road. Question number one, when you got serious about dating, which side note, generally for the average man is somewhere between his late twenties to early thirties, as we discovered in the married men round table. And these four gentlemen, before we started the panel, individually agreed with that assessment. When you got serious about vetting an individual to become your wife, what were the specific things that you were looking for? Or you can answer for mankind in general. What are the specific things that a man looks for in a woman when he is dating seriously and ready to settle down? Jay Taylor, get us started. Do you get tired of me making all these like sales analogies and everything, but I think a big part of a successful sales process is this beginning phase of, of what's typically referred to as discovery. It's those opening conversations you have with a client, learning more about you know their environment, their business needs, seeing if it's going to be a potential fit for whatever solutions you're representing with your company. You know, does it make sense for you guys to do business together? Can I provide some benefit to this you know customer? And I think the same thing holds true in relationships. The things that I knew about my wife when we first started dating, sure you mature and you, you change as you grow, but those core things didn't shift. It wasn't like, oh man, now I'm at this point where all of a sudden I realized like this person can be the one. I was aware of the the non-physical chemistry. Obviously the, the physical chemistry had to be there for you to even start dating or approaching somebody. Um, but the non-physical chemistry portion of it, core values. I've always been a firm believer in saying, look, if we, we have to have 
these like kind of if you're filling a jar with like stones and sand those those big rocks have to go in first you can't make room for anything else after you know if you're trying to put that kind of stuff in last things like do you want to have kids or not how are you gonna make that work if the guy's like yeah i want to have a family and the woman's like no nah, i don't want to have kids that's that's already kind of a crossroads at the beginning so like why would you pursue that but having alignment on some of those core things the way we saw the world in terms of spirituality in terms of men and women's position within the, the relationship a big thing for me was how she treated her family i think you can learn a lot about a person by how they interact with their siblings or how they interact with their parents their grandparents you know are they respectful do they actually show love and empathy not just some you know I'm fighting with my sibling every day and we have a terrible relationship. I don't talk to my mother. Like that, that would be so foreign to me. Um, you know, is that the type of person I'd want to be with? How, how are you going to make our relationship work? You can't make a relationship work with somebody you were raised with, born around and all this kind of stuff. So the, those core things, I think we're already established. And obviously you don't know all that day one, you get to know that over the you know process of time, but those first, you know, half, you know, half a year into a year, if you're making it that far, you kind of are starting to find out those those pieces and how they interact with their friends. What kind of said, okay, take this from casual dating to like serious kind of situation. For me, I never saw the value in even claiming someone as a girlfriend unless I thought that there was something unique or special about them or some reason for, for making it or having that kind of label. Why be together to break up kind of situation. So. For me, it wasn't like, oh, I'm gonna date this this girl because I'm gonna marry her one day. But it was kind of like in the back of your mind, I'm dating this girl because I could potentially be with her. I'm not saying it's gonna last forever because I don't know, but it could have that potential. So I, I think just reinforcement of those things, that consistency. Hey, what you showed me today, you showed me, you know, three days from now and 30 days from now and three months from now and you know like that consistency of you being that same person over and over again in different you know situations circumstances gave me confidence that all right cool like i really trust and know this person and, and i can build a future so consistency over time was one of the main kickers that let you know that you could spend the rest of your life with her okay good stuff all right let's move along to panelist number two tony what are your thoughts Great question. I don't think I made a mental transition in my mind to where I going around to dating and having fun to actually looking for somebody more serious. I think that more serious just kind of came along with it. So I think I was in that stage of wanting to, you know, have fun and date around or whatever when I met my wife. And then as I was with her, then that's when sort of came the long-term thinking, things like that. With that said, I don't have a physical type, so there wouldn't be anything like that. My biggest thing is intellect. I have to have to have to have a smart woman. Um, I have to be able to have somebody that challenges me intellectually. I think that's very, very, very important. Not having a physical type and being a sapiosexual is a very unique answer that I don't hear from many guys. Interesting stuff. And then I also, you know, I think there's a lot to the, the idea of a yin and a yang, uh, somebody that has complementary features. You know, as simple as me being always wanting to be early, uh, that's a 
something that drives my wife nuts, but she's the more laid back one. It's that striking a balance. Finding those complementary features is super important. And then you just have to like the person. Uh, once all of that physical, carnal, hormonal attraction wears off, what do you have left? Is that somebody that you want to hang out with? Is that somebody that you want to hang out with the rest of your life? You know, is that somebody you want to be with? I think something that is very telling for me is how we spend our time when there's nothing to do. Can we be bored together and be okay with it? And I think that is absolutely the most important thing that keeps relationships alive and well today. Can we just be together without, you know, can, can we make something out of nothing? Can we enjoy this time together? How is this going to work? Or is this awkward silence going to drive us apart? Yeah, I definitely feel like this pandemic has exposed some relationships that were built on sand, but it's also strengthened some that were made out of the right stuff. I mean, I hear that not only are marriages up, but so is domestic abuse and divorce. So, hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get, you get both sides of the coin. And I'm, I'll tell you, as much as I, I love my wife, as much as we get along, it's there were times where it's trying because we got two kids. We were both trying to do our job and keep everything together. And so we definitely worked each other's nerves and, and along with the kids. But I think looking at it now, not that we're out of the pandemic, but we're kind of moving back towards our normal lives. We're starting to um, understand that that time we had was, it was kind of cool, right? It, it, it was special. It's something that we can think back on it, you know, uh, and it was cool and, and we're stronger because of it. So, and I think that it, had we not had that foundation of being able to be, just be, I think we would have had a lot of trouble with this, this whole situation being locked down. I definitely can relate. One of the things I've always told myself is that I want to settle down with a woman that I could do nothing with and still enjoy her company. I feel like anybody can have a great time when you're going out and you're at this cool concert or this cool venue, but can you have a great time when you're just watching TV or you're not doing much of anything? So I definitely agree with you on this one. Coach TJ, what do you say? And these things are not in any particular order, but I do know that these are things that I prayed about with my mom, with my grandmother. I wrote some of these things down on a piece of paper and I literally put it in my Bible and often prayed about Again, not in any order, but first I'm going to say respect. Most seem to think that this is given, but I think it goes both ways and it's something that should be earned. Second, I would say I was definitely wanting someone who could be committed, who would be faithful and loyal. And I know those sound, you know, cliche, but um, I wanted to be able to trust that they were going to honor our relationship at all times, whether I'm there with her or not how she is around other guys, how she is around her other friends, how she is around my friends, how she would react in my chosen profession. I'm a coach, so I know that I would be away a lot. So again, it was very, very important to see how she could maintain the commitment and faithfulness to each other in our relationship. And last, number three would be chemistry and attraction. Obviously, being a male, um, the physical side is always at the top of our list. However, it's not just the physical, but also within the mental and emotional. So top three things, uh, respect, faithfulness and loyalty, and number three, chemistry and attraction. So Nathan, what were you looking for? Let's start off with the physical. Physical is like, man, is this person physically palatable? Like, can I physically be around and hang with this person and, you know, 
you know, can I see myself falling in love with their looks because their looks are for me? And I mean, to me, that's the most important when it comes to physical is, do I physically see myself having the chemistry and, and the attraction, you know? So to me, that's it. You know, once you get past that, oh man, do I want size D cups or do I want uh, balloon butts or anything like that? You know, once you get past all that, then it just becomes a, hey, is this person physically who I feel like I can always share some type of chemistry with, no matter what, because we all morph. I mean, as time goes by, our bodies morph. You know, you might be pancake today and then you might have this bodunctious buttocks, you know, five years from now. Or you pop out some kids, you might go from a A minus cup to triple D. So, I mean, you can't let, you know, that type of physical appearance be the determining factor. But I think when it comes to non-physical attributes and qualities, it really comes down to, is this someone that's going to compromise and work with me for eternity? Is this somebody that I feel like, you know what? We can fight, we can have issues. Life won't be perfect, but life is always good. And I mean, that's 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 the most important thing is, is this person gonna be somebody that I'm willing to compromise and I feel like is gonna be willing to compromise for, for a bigger reason than themselves, you know? It takes a non-selfish nature. It takes somebody that really wants to make things work. And, you know, you gotta, if, if we gonna be quick to jump to the altar, you gotta be quick to stay long-term, you know? Sure, for sure. It's all about commitment. I feel like I was uh, listening to some uh, Jordan Peterson uh, YouTube videos not too long ago. And he basically said, you know, the kind of essence of marriage is basically the promise that you won't quit on each other. So the fact that you have that understanding that you won't quit kind of forces you to work through problems because otherwise you would just Anytime you hit a bump, be like, all right, I'm just trade off, trade to another person. You know what I mean? There's no oh. impotence to actually work through anything if you're not committed. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's that's a major key. You know, when you start looking at it, you know, there's in my mind, I feel like marriage is just exactly what it stands for. It stands for an eternal commitment. And I feel like with the exception of just a few things, if both parties are willing to work through issues, no matter what that issue is, then they can make it work. You know, it's when someone gives up or both people give up and they're not willing to make things work out. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, man. It definitely makes sense to look for an individual that is committed and dedicated if you're looking for somebody to settle down with. Once you do find that certain someone who you think qualifies as an individual who will be committed and dedicated, talk to me about how it is to stick with that same individual through the years and to grow with them within the confines of a serious long-term relationship. I think it's a beautiful thing, but I will say I don't necessarily think it's for everybody. I think, you know, the natural progression of life is, hey, you know what, you want to, yeah, I'm not going to say you must be married, but you want somebody that you can lean on somebody that you can um you know that you can expect to have your back i'm not saying that you know you get into a marriage and that person will never ever be disloyal or never let you down or disappoint you or do something to piss you off but i think the natural progression is we as people want to feel accepted while accepting somebody and sharing moments you know i think one of the thing the biggest things is that we leave this earth not with what's written on our tombstone, but with the memories that we leave with the people behind us. 
and everybody wants to have some type of memories to share some good times and hell even some bad times there's nothing worse than you know going through some of the roughest times of your life and those rough patches without having somebody that you can work with to get through some of those dark times. So I think it's a beautiful thing. I wouldn't necessarily say it's for everybody. Some people just, you know, that ain't them. That ain't what they want. And, you know, maybe they forced it in the past and had the nasty, uh, 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 you know, uh, had the nasty complication to go through a divorce. And they found out, hey, you know what? Marriage ain't for me. So I think it's a beautiful thing, but it definitely ain't for everybody. Definitely not for everybody feel like everybody needs to be true to themselves at the same time and you might disagree with this i kind of feel like if marriage or at least long-term cohabitation isn't for you then you might have some some personal issues that you need to work out with a therapist or something like that because something's going on but that's just how i feel about it i'm maybe i'm biased oh no i think you're 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 absolutely right i got i got a couple of friends that they see a shriek on a normal basis and I say a shriek what you mean there's like well it's a therapist but it's more so for relationship issues because you know either number one they're super scared of commitment they feel like you know there's something that triggers that feeling or that not wanting to be committed thing ever in life you know they literally see psychological help for it so yeah I mean I think you're absolutely right I love when people say I'm right (laughs) (laughs) I see it's the uh, sweetest sound in the English language Coach, share with us your perspective on growing together with that special someone. Well, it's definitely a work, but it's well worth the work. Um, Just knowing that you have someone who's willing to see you at your lowest and help you through your worst and be able to enjoy the fruits of that. To understand that people do change over time and so should your relationship. You know, you should be growing and evolving together, which is always a struggle because it's two different people. So with that, just being able to recognize whenever things may be not as they always were and being able to communicate those things. You still have your your non-negotiables. You know, I mean, everyone has those. So, I mean, those are things that stay true to who you are inherently as a person, character-wise things you might know that you must have, those things are fine. But there are just certain circumstances and things that are sometimes foreseen that may allow you to consider a different viewpoint or different point of view. Just understanding that I think is is huge in terms of being able to compromise, which is a large part of what marriage is. Compromise is key, but you don't want to compromise who you are at your core. Makes sense to me. Tony, what are your thoughts on this topic? I mean, it's weird. It's It sounds, sounds corny, but uh, just kind of melding into one life. Like our lives are intersected and they're essentially the same life. And I think that grows even more when you have kids is you know, you have a common shared purpose uh, that you're that you're going with. Um, but in my opinion, I, I think this path that I'm on, it really gives life a, a purpose and, and more of a meaning and more depth. Gives life more meaning and more depth. It gives life a purpose. I could not agree with you more. I've always been confused and baffled by individuals who never want to have kids or never want to settle down because to me it's like, okay, running the streets, partying, traveling and all that. Yeah, it's fun until you're like 40. And then what? What are you going to do with the last 45, 50 years of your life? Besides working every day, what are you doing it for? Just to go to the next party? Just to go on the next vacation? That seems kind of shallow and meaningless to me. 
I desire more depth and purpose to my life. But hey, that's just me. Yeah, and it's one of those things you can't, you know, once you hit a certain point, you can't kind of change your mind and go back. So I'm definitely thankful that we were able to realize that early on. And that is definitely something that was understood going into it. You know, why waste any time with somebody that doesn't have the same? I think that's the most key life goal. So it needs to be discussed early, early, or early. Jay, hey, wake up over there. <laughs> what are your thoughts on growing together with your significant other? I mean, I think it should be paramount in terms of, especially if you're an adult who's dating, I, I think you should have zero time for people who are dating casually at our age. Like, what, if you're dating casually in your mid thirties, early forties or something, like hopefully you're letting that be known to everybody so they can just like steer, steer clear of it. Um, but yeah, that, that should be a thought that goes into any kind of potential dating scenario. You know, is this somebody who I would want to spend the rest of my life with, that I would want to grow old with? Sounds cliche and everything, but that's literally what you're signing up for. If you're getting married to somebody, you know, hopefully it is a forever kind of contract. And that's why all of those other pieces after that number one thing in terms of dating, that physical attraction are, are so important because that's what you build a bedrock of a, of a solid relationship on. Um, that physical beauty stuff, I don't want to say it comes and goes. Hopefully, like you got good genetics and it stays and it lasts. But we all age. We all, you know, are not in the same shape we were in in our 20s and 30s and all that kind of stuff. And it's like who that person is beneath those layers is the most important piece of it. Absolutely. Father time is undefeated. So it's the person beneath the skin that matters the most. let's transition to another topic that I wanted to run by you guys to get your perspective. Now, back when you were dating your now wife, was there a certain moment, a certain incident, a certain day, a certain tipping point that happened that let you know that, hey, this woman that I'm with is the woman I need to marry. So let me go on ahead and start saving for a ring right now. Or can you not just pinpoint one incident or one day, but you came to your conclusion and your decision to marry based on a long list of multiple different things over an extended period of time. Yeah, for, for me, it, sorry, no, no Disney kind of storybook moment. I couldn't point to a singular experience. It was like, man, this is the one, you know, movie kind of ending thing. It was, like I said, it was more of that consistency. The more I saw the, the same person that I liked, that I, you know, initially started to feel like I felt feelings of love for. When that was like consistently applied over the course of the time that I knew her, that solidified that decision for me. So it was more of a, a kind of a slow burn than a, you know, flashpoint. And the other part of it is literally when I actually had a job where I could save up enough money to go out and buy a ring. Like, so I'm, I'm serious when I talk about men having to be at a certain financial threshold to feel like they can be serious about a relationship. And for different people, it's different things, right? Like, you know, we all know people who get married in their early 20s. They're in school. They're both, both broke. Or maybe they come from wealthy families and they got money or whatever. But in terms of like people who are, you know, self-made as we can be self-made in, in this world, um, you know, it's really about when you come into your own and feel like you can financially support that. So yes, I knew I wanted to be with her 
you know, I wasn't maybe thinking marriage, but I knew I wanted to be with her long-term earlier on. And then it just became a point of, all right, when is a financial side of going to kick into where I can like actually follow through on this desire I have to be with her. How does the old saying go? No romance without finance. <laughs> yeah, that definitely plays a role in when you want to go from dating to marriage. I believe in Steve Harvey's book, Act Like a Lady, Think Like a Man, he brings this up. I don't necessarily want to quote Steve Harvey as the relationship guru, but he definitely was right on this topic. Anyway, Tony, what are your thoughts? It was pretty strong and intense very early on. There wasn't any sort of gradual buildup uh, as far as our feelings for each other or as our relationship. I would say, however, I think the moment that, that I really, really realized that this is the woman I wanted to be with was when we actually had troubles and we actually broke up and went our separate ways. And that was, it's sort of having that just pulled away, lets you kind of know, man, what you had, maybe you took for granted, maybe grass is greener, however you want to think about it. What you had that's now taken from you is something that you want to get back and hold on to forever. And that's kind of the way I felt. Was there in a one night where her you know, I saw her eyes in the moonlight. No, not necessarily, but it was a quick progression. And then once we broke up, I don't know that that sort of made everything come to light. Okay. Well, yeah, sometimes it takes losing something to really realize and appreciate what you had. And if you get a chance to right that wrong, you definitely hop on that opportunity. So I'm glad things worked out with you and your wife. Coach TJ, talk to me about your tipping point. What made you want to propose to your wife? First and foremost, as I was first getting to know my wife, she definitely showed a lot of the characteristics and a lot of the traits and attributes that I hold very, very high for myself. Again, I told you I had a list. And yes, that list did change over time. However, I saw that she was hitting on a lot of those points very often. I myself was going through some things personally as I was trying to mature as a man myself and I went through some pretty low points and she stuck around that was huge to me not only that during that phase where we were dating obviously I got to know some of her friends family co-workers and just through interactions with them and conversations with them I was so intrigued by the fact that she was already doing some of those things that I had prayed about and hoped about in terms of honoring our relationships with them. I mean, I had her coworkers who would tell me how she was obviously noticeably more happy at work. She would be approached by other guys and would turn those guys down. And again, this is in the midst of me being at some low points. I, I lost my job at one point and she could have left very easily. And I really couldn't have blamed. Very, very educated herself. She does well on her own. She didn't need me really to do or provide anything. Again, we just had that personality. We vibed, we, we meshed very well. So again, just being able to hear that from other people, not just hear it from her, just really helped me look at her in that long-term light, not just in gratification or anything like that, but she is someone who I could really trust and believe in and build with for our future. Also, um, really liked her stance and what she believed again, what we talked about with womanhood and being a woman and some of those more traditional roles. Again, a lot of those things 
were just, I mean, to, for me, telltale signs that this is someone who, who I could actually grow with. Telltale signs that you could actually grow with this person because she was there for you and she was down for you when you were at your lowest point. You know, she had other offers. Some on the surface might say better offers, but she turned those offers down because she already had all that she needed. Sounds good to me. Sounds like your marriage is a four years down, 56 years to go proposition. <laughs> I was just thinking the other day about how much it was or how long it took for me to get to that moment and how long I was willing to wait for that right person. But again, just through prayer, the grace of the Lord, it took him a while to find, make and mold that person. But once he did and he aligned us together, it was just, I don't know, beyond anything that I really could have thought or hoped for. Better than what I even thought that I was probably going to end up doing myself. But I did know that I was willing to wait to find that right person. It's just one thing that, that just sealed the deal. You know, once we were able to get both to a point to where it just felt right and it felt natural and not necessarily something that was rushed you know because of her being her age and hearing friends and conversations you know everybody has this internal clock but our clock we felt was right for us good stuff so nathan what was the tipping point when did the light bulb come on for you that lets you know that the woman you were dating was the woman that you needed to marry no i wouldn't necessarily say there was just a light bulb flicker and and, and this is my story you know I'm, I'm sure it's different for everybody else there wasn't necessarily a light bulb flicker but i think within six months of dating somebody if you know who you are as a person and you know who they are and they don't completely pull a 180 on you or, or pull a bunch of skeletons out the closet that you don't know about you should really know if this person is going to be somebody that you're compatible with in the future you should definitely know if that if that person if you see yourself marrying that person well now i'm not necessarily saying after six months you need to go down the line of being married you know you need to make sure that mentally financially spiritually emotionally and all the things that go with that are at the right place you also need to kind of see how you all handle situations together so it takes a little bit of time to see how do we handle situations how compatible are we i would say within the first year of just our interactions how much we love to be around each other and the care that we have for each other i mean within a year maybe two it was one of those okay i definitely know this is somebody that i can see myself spending the rest of my life with but you know, you coming right out of college, you know, you got plans to go into, you know, three or four more years of school for graduate degrees. I knew the timing wasn't there, but within a year or two, I, I knew that I could see like, man, you know what? This is definitely somebody I could spend the life, rest of my life with. And I'm definitely not one of those people that feel like there's only one person for you. No, there's plenty of people that you can, you know, if both people are willing to compromise and make them work that you could, be quote unquote compatible with. You just have to decide, is this the person that you want to work with and see your life through with? So, I mean, it was it definitely wasn't like a light bulb flicker, but it was definitely just an overall, our companionship and, and who we were as a people and the fact that, you know, mentally we had the same kind of long-term goals in life. Oh, okay, okay, for sure. And I definitely agree with you as far as I don't necessarily believe in a singular soulmate, you know what I mean? Yeah. 
like if, if the soulmate thing was real, you know, how did our grandparents, they just, this soulmate just so happened to live in that same town that had five <laughs> people in it. What are the odds of that in a world with 7 billion that your soulmate lived on the same street as you? <laughs> Come on, you know yeah. what I mean? The same horse ride. You can't say just the same street, within the same horse ride vicinity. Yeah, it was, was on your bus or whatever. Like <laughs> out of all the people on earth, your soulmate was on your bus. Right. In elementary, the completely random place that you were born and that you lived. Okay, sure. <laughs> I, I feel more like it's a, I'll call it a soulmate type of a person that's in this range of attractiveness and have these uh, long-term goals and principles and morals and also has this type of personality or this range of personalities. If you find a person that has all those categories covered and you meet them when they're single and you're single, you could have equally as a soulmatey A plus relationship with one of those as you could another one. You know what I mean? Oh, I agree. Yeah. I would say that's what 0.1% of the population, 0.01%, it's still oh, yeah. more than one person. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. For sure. Okay, I think this episode is getting a little bit long, so I think this is a good breaking point in the married patriarch panel and we will continue with the rest of the interview next episode before i leave you guys i just wanted to go over what we've already discussed and give a quick summary of some of the gentlemen's answers in reverse order we talked about was there a certain specific tipping point that caused you to want to propose to your wife while y'all were dating or was it just a multitude of things over an extended period of time and every single one of the gentlemen agreed that there was no Disney moment there was no looking in the moonlight no sparkling of the eye no light bulb but it was multiple things multiple events multiple realizations over an extended period of time that occurred before they were able to make their decision that they wanted to propose to their now wife, then girlfriend. Before that, we discussed the married gentleman's thoughts on growing together with that one special someone within the confines of a long-term serious monogamous relationship. Some of the thoughts that were shared during that segment was that growing together is difficult, but worth it. Growing together is an essential necessity of any relationship because you're not gonna be the same person on day one as you are on day 1001 or 5001. Growing together is beautiful, but it's not for everyone. Most of us want to leave a legacy. We want to leave a memory. We understand that it's not the year that we're born or the year that we die that is important on our tombstone. It's the dash in between the memories and the impact that we make and we definitely want somebody to chronicle our lives with but if growing together isn't for you then there might be deeper issues that you need to hammer out before getting into a serious relationship and the other topic that we discussed today was what did these men look for when they were done playing around and they were serious about dating and settling down some of the things they look for was somebody that would be committed and loyal, somebody that's a problem solver, somebody that could represent them well when they were not around. They look for intelligence, look for a woman 
who he could enjoy and have fun with when there was nothing going on. Because if you can have fun when there's nothing going on, then of course, you'll have a great time together when the environment around you is fun. And lastly, they look for core values and similar long-term goals. All right, that's all I have for you today. Make sure to stay tuned and come back next episode for the conclusion of the Married Patriarch panel discussion. All right, that should just about wrap things up. I appreciate you taking time out of your day to listen to what I have to say. And if you found any part of this episode helpful, thought-provoking, or intriguing, please share it with a friend. The more people I can help, the better I feel within. If you have any questions, any suggestions for new topics for me to discuss in the future, or if you need any clarification on anything I have spoken on, please just shoot me an email at whatishethinking at gmail.com. What? I-Z-He-Thinking at gmail.com or you can send me a message via my Anchor website. All you need to do is go to anchor.fm forward slash what I-Z-He-Thinking forward slash message. Anchor.fm slash what is he thinking slash message. Go there, leave me a couple words And if it's constructive, I will definitely get back to you or keep your thoughts in mind when I record future podcasts. And never forget, I'm not here to tickle your ear. My only goal is to tell you what you need to know. I'm not here to offend. I just want to see you win with men. Well, until we meet again.